All right, well, these guys are making their exit. Uh, just a couple of things that I want to touch on. First of all, uh, many, many thanks for all the help that was put in over the last few days to uh, turning this stage around into something that it's normally not. And um, I, I just really appreciate all of you who pitched in and made this happen. It's no small thing. And um, there's more to come, more changes next week still, and we'll keep adding to this Christmas season as we go. Uh, many thanks also to Ryan Beach for stepping in uh, with Peter being stranded in Dallas because of a snowstorm. Not sure I believe that story, but uh, <laughs> have a little chat with him when he gets back. But I really appreciate Ryan stepping in and, and uh, making this happen this morning. Thank you so much. Uh, take out your bulletins for a second, will you? And pull that insert that's in your bulletin. Take that out. I want you to look at that for just a second. On the back side of that insert is an invitation to join us in something that we're going to do beginning January 1st. As a church, I would like to invite you to join me in reading through the Bible in one year, in 2014. I'd love for us to do this together. I think it's going to go a long ways in getting us into the Bible, maybe more than we've ever been before in our lives. And uh, there, is, there is nothing that uh, can go wrong with reading through the Bible in a year. And so I would like you to, to just take some time uh, during the week to look over the information that's there and decide if you would like to get in on reading through the Bible in one year with as many people as possible from here at Chapel Hill Church. So consider that. I would love to see you attempt that. And um, there are different ways there on that insert that will let you know how you can do it. We have one-year Bibles that you can purchase here for a reasonable cost. Um, and there are lots of other options including apps and online Bibles and all that kind of stuff. We'll also put out just a reading schedule. Um, there's all kinds of different ways to, to make this work for you. So take some time to consider joining in on that for 2014. Let's read through the Bible together in one year. And um, I just think it's going to go a long ways in uh, helping us as a church get deeper into God's Word, which is where we want to be. Let's pray together as we get into the Word this morning. Father, I do thank you for your presence here today. I thank you for um, bringing us into another Christmas season and uh, another opportunity to remember when you took a huge step towards us, when you, God incarnate, came and walked this earth with us. God, help us not to miss the meaning of this season Help us not to get tied up in all that comes with the Christmas season, a lot of which is difficult and stressful and sometimes very negative. Um, Lord, we, we want to give you this season because it's yours. This is not uh, a hallmark season. This is the season that we celebrate the birth of your son, Jesus Christ, and all that that means to us. So, Lord, as we sing and as we decorate and as we gather together, we just ask for your presence to be here among us, that you would guide us through each one of our gatherings and, and uh, the time that we spend as a family, that you would stay at the center of all of this. And as we go now to look at uh, what's in your word and the, the message that um, you've directed us to, I just pray that your Holy Spirit would open us up to hearing and understanding. And I pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. If I asked you to tell me something that you'd like more of in your life and you couldn't say money, would peace make your list? How many of you would put peace on that list? Give me a show of hands. 
Yeah, there's a lot of people that could use more peace in your life. Can you imagine how many people in this world are looking for more peace in their lives? If I hit the streets with a microphone in hand and ask people if they have peace in their lives, how many of them do you think would say, no, I don't? Don't have to be too perceptive to see that we as a culture are lacking peace, do you? That's obvious. Just look in people's eyes. Just listen to them talk about their lives. Peace is not a strong characteristic in the American life, is it? Peace is not a common experience here. It's certainly not everybody's experience. State of the world doesn't give us a sense of peace. The economy in this nation doesn't give us a sense of peace. The future prospects for our kids don't give us a sense of peace. The deterioration of our marriages doesn't give us a sense of peace. We can't seem to find a source of peace in our government, in our communities, in our health, even in our families. So what's happened to peace? Where did it go? Let's bring this in a little closer to home. Do you have an abundance of peace in your life? Are you experiencing peace of mind? Is your heart at peace? How's your stress level these days? How are you sleeping? What happens when you reach the end of each day? Can you lay your head on your pillow and just shut your mind off, totally at peace with your life and how things are going for you? How's your blood pressure? How's your stomach? How's your outlook? Lots of optimism in your perspective? Got a spring in your step? Or do you tread carefully and hesitantly throughout your day knowing that the peace that your spirit desires just isn't there? I know for a fact that there are many people in this room today that are not experiencing peace in their lives. I know there's a general desire here for more peace. I know that this season, the Christmas season, is not increasing peace for many of you. I know this season is bringing with it a decline in peace and an increase in tension in your life. So listen, we were created by God to live in peace. As hard as that is to believe, we were created by God to live in peace. We were created to experience peace throughout our lives. Not to be free of any sort of challenge or obstacle or struggle, but to be at peace in whatever life throws at us. That's his desire for us, and it's important that we know that. God's desire is not to see us survive a life that is void of peace. His desire is not to sit back and watch us struggle with tension and dissension and strife until we finally make it to heaven where we get to experience something that we never encountered here on earth. God wants us to thrive in life. Yes, to thrive in life here on this messed up, strife-filled, worry-laden planet. God wants us to know and experience peace right now, today. This is the message that I believe God's laid on my heart to share with all of you this Christmas season. We can and should experience peace on earth. Peace is not something we ought to only long for our entire lives. It is ours to have and experience and pursue and proclaim. In God's word, the Bible states that clearly. The Bible announces the availability of peace. 
you want more peace in your life? And stick around for this series and see what God has to say about peace. I think it's going to be very encouraging for you. How can it not be encouraging in this day and age? If you're not experiencing peace, I want you to come these next few Sundays looking for it with your eyes and your hearts wide open. Anticipate finding it because it's here. Peace is here. Do you know somebody in your life that needs to find this peace? Bring them to church with you. Tell them what we're focusing on this season and let them know that they are welcome here. And for those of you who are truly experiencing peace in your life, there is a message for you here too. We all need to be proficient at guiding the people around us to the true source of peace. There are people in your neighborhood who are not experiencing peace in their lives. They may be experiencing the exact opposite of peace. Learn over the next few weeks how to guide them to that peace that is available for them just like it is for us. The message of peace is a message that needs to be proclaimed here and everywhere. Okay, why the theme of peace for this Christmas? Well, because I think it's on just about everybody's wish list. So I think we need to look at it. But beyond that, here's why I think we ought to dwell on the subject of peace for this season. And the reason's found right at the heart of the Christmas story. Well, God the Father watched the birth of his son in the simplicity and vulnerability of a stable. His army of angels had been sent on a mission to go and put on a concert for a very small audience of a few shepherds. And they had a message to convey to those terrified sheep herders. And this was their message as recorded in Luke chapter 2, verses 14. They said, glory to God in the highest and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. At the heart of the announcement of the arrival of the Son of God was the word peace. Now there are so many things that the angels could have said. They could have spoken of victory. They could have spoken of deliverance. They could have spoken of hope. But they announced peace. That was the word that was given to them by God Almighty. Peace had arrived on earth in the form of a baby born in a stable and laid in a manger. In some ways, it was a strange choice of words to announce the coming of God to earth. What did God mean? Why peace? Well, at the time of Christ's birth, something unusual was happening. The Roman world where Jesus was born had entered a time that historians refer to as the Pax Romana or Roman peace. From about 27 BC to 180 AD, there was a period of relative peace in the Roman world. And what that means is that Rome was not at war against other nations on their own soil during that time. The border of the Roman nation was successfully maintained. They were not threatened by any major invasions, a rare thing for that empire during that age. Uh, Now let me encourage you with a little free commercial right here. I can envision the Roman Empire on a map in my head right now because it's one of the things that we've covered in the 9 o'clock adult education class recently. That happens here on Sundays. At 9 o'clock on Sundays right now, we're studying church history and it really helps us all put, in, put things into perspective when we look at the church today. 
and how it got to be that what it is today. Uh, so come on Sundays at 9 o'clock. You'll learn an awful lot. We've got Sunday school for the kids and the youth happening then, and this is a great, great opportunity for you to get a, a fast-paced, college-level look at the history of this thing called church that we're a part of. Um, this will give you a greater appreciation of what we often take for granted, the church. All right, but back to the Pax Romana. Why in a time of peace such as this, Did the angels declare that peace had arrived in the form of the baby, Jesus Christ, God incarnate? If there was already peace, why announce peace? This is where I think we can really relate to the world around the time of Jesus' arrival. We live, thankfully, in a time of relative peace. Our nation is not at war here on American soil, just like the Roman Empire was not at war. We're not constantly fighting to defend our borders We're not being invaded. In terms of war, this is a time of peace for our nation. So if God announced the arrival of his son with the word peace, he must have been directing that word to something else. Jesus did not come to bring Rome a time free of war, and he's not telling us now that this is what he's offering us. Just like things are now in our nation, there was not peace in Rome Today we're still looking for peace. And if we look in the dictionary, we'll find peace defined as a, as a time of freedom from war or fighting. Well, we have that right now. We have that here in Minnesota. But our spirits are still looking for peace, aren't they? We feel that instinctively. Why is it that we cannot satisfy our spirits with the absence of war? How can we be lacking peace so badly when there is no war here? Well, maybe God's talking through the angels about something that the dictionary doesn't cover. Maybe man can't define peace without including God in the definition. That's certainly true of what the Bible teaches. So let's look into the Bible for a few minutes to get a better definition of what we're talking about when it comes to peace. Because I believe that the Bible has a lot to offer us on the subject of peace. And it'll deliver a fresh perspective for us on how to experience peace in our lives. There are two words most commonly translated peace in the Bible. The first come from, comes from the Old Testament, and it's the Hebrew word shalom. And the most basic definition of this word is wholeness or well-being. And I could go into a full study on this word and take days or weeks on it, um, but I'm not going to here. Shalom is used as a greeting in many cultures in the world. Uh, we used its Arabic form when we were living in Senegal. That was our expression of greeting to the people that we met. It includes aspects of righteousness and uprightness. It includes aspects of truth and justice. But the thing that I want us to focus on in the word shalom is the way in which it is realized in the context of relationships. Relationships. Shalom is wholeness or well-being relationally. It's not about merely a lack of war or fighting. It's about experiencing peace or wholeness in our relationships with God and our relationships with each other. In the New Testament, we see the word irene translated as peace. Irene is the Greek word that corresponds with the Hebrew shalom. It expresses peace, well-being, and wholeness again, but includes the concept of restoration and reconciliation a little more strongly, and there's a reason for that. 
The gospel of Christ is the gospel of peace in that it announces the reconciliation of man to God and man to each other, man to man. And we need to know this. The idea of peace becomes more personal in the New Testament. Peace is not just out there, but it is now internal. It's something we experience. And in both the Old and New Testament, understand this, peace is realized in being rightly related to God and rightly related to each other. Remember that as we go through this series. Peace is about more than just something that you acquire for yourself. We get a little selfish when it comes to peace. We want it for ourselves and we want to know how to find it on our own and for our own sake. But according to the word of God, peace is going to be experienced in the context of relationship. That's very important for us to know. Be prepared to look beyond yourself for peace as we discover how we can experience peace in our lives. And hopefully now we're beginning to understand why the angels announced peace on earth in a time when there was no war. War really had nothing to do with it. There was very little peace being experienced when Jesus arrived. Just like now, he came to bring peace. So the angels announced that peace on earth had arrived. In this Christmas season, when you may be searching high and low for peace, it's my hope that God will direct us to the peace that he made available through the arrival of his son, Jesus Christ. So anticipating that God will do just that, I want to look over the next few weeks at three aspects of this peace. The Bible gives us three distinct identities when it comes to peace in our lives. And these are the three things that I want to explore today and then the next two Sundays as we go. And then on Christmas Eve, we're going to look at the story of Christ's arrival and how he brought with him a definition and a demonstration of the peace that we're seeking today, right now. Now, if you will ask the people of this society where they think peace comes from, what do they usually respond with, do you think? Peace comes from within. Yeah, exactly. That's the answer that you're going to hear most often. Peace comes from within. People in our world think that peace is found within ourselves. They believe it's there, but it's really hard to find. You have to search your soul. You have to get in touch with your inner something. You are your own source of peace. Just find it inside. Do yoga. (laughs) Yoga will help you find that peace inside you. And honestly, yoga seems to be working for a lot of people. Um, Not for me, but for a lot of people. But what they're finding, I believe, in their yoga experience is something else that we all really do need. They're finding time to just slow down and think. And that's also something that we're missing in this day and age. But the peace that God is talking about cannot be found in yoga, in meditation, in the woods, in the recording of a babbling brook, or anything like that. Peace comes from one source and one source only. And it's a gift. It's a gift. Not surprisingly, God is the source of peace. He is the only source of peace. He has declared that of himself from the beginning and that has never stopped being true. Peace comes from God and we are the recipients, the recipients of his peace. And his peace may not be what we're expecting or hoping for. It may not be a total absence of struggle or conflict or challenge in life. We may be looking for comfort and calling it peace. But God has his peace in mind for us and it far surpasses our version of peace. And we'll see that as we go along. 
I want to read with you now a series of some of the most encouraging words found in the Bible. Let's start with the words of David, and all of these references will be up on the screen. David did not lead a peaceful life by the standard of most. He really didn't. David was at war for much of his life. He was on the run. He was in conflict in many different ways. But David found peace. Listen to the words of Psalm 29, verse 11. He wrote, May the Lord give strength to his people. May the Lord bless his people with peace. And another way of translating those words is the Lord will give strength to his people. The Lord will bless his people with peace. David also wrote this in one of his psalms to God. He said, In peace I will both lie down and sleep for you alone, O Lord. Make me dwell in safety. Now David did not have a safe life. But he recognized that, God, that in God he was safe and that God could give him peace in the midst of whatever it was he was facing. At the beginning of that psalm, David is talking about his distress. But in the midst of that distress, God provided David with the peace that he needed. Psalm 119 verse 165 says this, Great peace have those who love your law. Nothing can make them stumble. Great peace. This verse brings in the relational aspect of peace again. God had established requirements for his people. They were to follow his laws and by doing so would experience great peace as they kept those laws and kept their relationship with God where it needed to be. Then one of God's prophets spoke of the peace that would come. He spoke of the restoration of peace that would be available because of the coming of Jesus Christ. This is what Isaiah wrote in Isaiah 53, 5. But he, Jesus, was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. Upon him was the chastisement that brought us peace. And with his wounds we are healed. Through Christ and through his punishment for the sins of the world, we were once again offered peace by God. Peace came to us. Then listen to how Jesus spoke of that peace that he brought with him. John 14, 27, Jesus says, Peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. Christ came to offer peace to mankind. And as he was revealing to his followers the details about his upcoming death, burial, and resurrection, Jesus comforts his disciples by letting them know that peace will never be far away. Listen to what he says in John 16, I have said these things to you that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation. But take heart, I have overcome the world. Throughout the Bible, the message is clear. There will be trouble. There will be tribulation. But there will also be peace. And that peace cannot be found within. That peace can be found in God. And God is ready and willing to give that peace to us. This is a very generous conversation between us and God. God wants us to have peace in our lives, but we have to seek him and only him for that peace because he is the source of peace. And we are the recipients of peace. Isn't that encouraging? At least a little bit? I hope so. He wants us to receive his peace. Now fast forward from that beautiful scene of the angels announcing peace to the shepherds. Jesus has lived his life and he's been crucified on the cross. 
And God makes one gigantic demonstration of his desire to give us peace. Jesus hung on the cross for a while and then offering up his spirit to his father, Jesus declares that his work is finished. And something huge happens. Look at this. It's from Mark 15, verse 38. And the curtain of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. What curtain? Well, the curtain that separated man from the presence of God. And who tore the curtain? God did. From top to bottom, the wall that stood between man and God was destroyed. And that act of God destroying the curtain was God's move towards us to establish peace between man and God. And again, we see God's heart for peace to be restored. He offers peace and man receives it. We are recipients of of peace, excuse me. That's God's plan. That's God's idea for us to experience peace. And that curtain represented an absence of peace. That curtain was a wall And God's been working to tear down walls and restore peace with his creation for thousands of years. And we often look to Germany as the the great example of peace being established between two nations, East and West Germany. A wall needed to be destroyed. Well, there was another wall that existed when Christ walked the earth, and that wall needed to be destroyed as well. Jesus came to destroy the wall between man and God, And he came to destroy the wall between the Jews and Gentiles. And it's hard for us to even imagine that wall existing, to really grasp what that was like. But it was a peace-preventing wall. Historians from that time wrote that the Jews sometimes referred to the Gentiles as fuel for the fires of hell. There was division, and if there's division, there's no peace. And so God sent Christ to do away with the division. Jesus was a gift to mankind, an offering of peace. Peace between God and man and peace between men. So throughout this Christmas season, I want us to embrace the reality that we are recipients of peace. Peace has been made available to us through the incarnation of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. God became man and dwelt among us for a while to offer us peace. He declared it, demonstrated it, offered it, and commanded it. Next week, we'll look at what God says to us about seeking that peace. But today, we need to acknowledge that we are already recipients of peace. Peace came in the form of God's Son, Jesus, a gift of peace that's yours to receive and mine to receive. God tore down the relational wall between himself and mankind. He tore down the relational wall between Jews and Gentiles, And he can tear down any and every wall that exists that is keeping us from experiencing peace with him, with God, and peace with each other. Are you looking for some peace in your life? I am. But I'm learning that peace is not going to happen simply because I've removed the struggles in my life. It's not going to come if I ignore or deny the struggles in my life. I'm not going to experience peace if I can just get myself everything that I want. I'm not going to experience peace if my circumstances would just change and things would get a little better for me. I'm not going to find peace by skillfully rearranging my schedule and my life. I'm not going to find peace within. I am a recipient of peace already 
You are a recipient of peace. It's already been offered to us through the gift of the baby born in the stable in Bethlehem. God came to man and he brought peace with him. And through the life, death, burial, and resurrection of God's Son, we have been offered peace. Not a peace that's guaranteed to make life easier for us. Not a peace that we can wear like a badge. Not a peace that we can keep to ourselves. A peace that can be defined as a wholeness in our relationship with God and our relationships with the people around us in life. That's where we'll experience peace. The peace that God brought through Jesus Christ. You know what? Smoother sailing would be great, wouldn't it? Financial, excuse me, financial security would be great. Perfect health would be great. A predictable future would be great. A life in which we had no struggles at all would be great. But if all those things were true, we could still be lacking the peace that God offers. What he offers us and the only way in which we're truly going to experience peace is a right relationship with him and right relationships with the people in our lives. There we will find peace. There we will experience the gift that God offered us through the proclamation that peace on earth had come through Jesus Christ. This morning my challenge to you is a simple one. Um, It's going to get harder as each week passes. But this morning I I want you to start your quest for peace by simply stating to God that you want the peace that he offers. That you want his peace. You want his definition of peace. The one that happens in the context of relationships. I want us to acknowledge before God that we are grateful recipients of his peace. Jesus left us his peace. This morning let's receive that peace. And let's trust God to reveal to us what it's going to take for us to enter into and fully embrace that peace that he offers. My prayer for you, Chapel Hill, is that you'll experience God's peace this Christmas season. I am and will pray for that. That in the midst of the chaos and the busyness and the noise and the stress of the Christmas season, you will, each one of you, will enter in to God's peace. It's there. It's been offered to us. It's ours to receive. It's found in a manger of all places. And may God guide every one of us to it, to his peace this Christmas season. I'm going to invite the ushers to come now and the worship team to come on up on the stage and I will pray with you while they do. Father, it is impossible for me to miss the lack of peace around me in this world. It is impossible for me not to be affected by the lack of peace that I see in the people around me, in the lives of my neighbors, in the lives of people in line in the stores, in the lives of the people driving next to me and behind me in traffic, in the lives of people here at Chapel Hill Church. God, we are missing peace in our lives. 
And Father, I praise you that you, through your son, Jesus Christ, through, through coming, through God incarnate, through the arrival in Bethlehem, you announced that peace has come to the earth. And it never left, Father, and we know that. When Jesus grew up, he said, his peace is what he's leaving with us. And God, we claim that peace this morning. Father, we thank you for offering peace to us. And we thank you that you have called us recipients of that peace. And I pray, Lord, right now for Chapel Hill, for every one of us, that we would be able to connect with you, with your peace, and receive it like we've never received it before, Lord. God, we are recipients of your peace, and I thank you for making that clear in your word. I ask for each one this morning that is struggling to find peace right now, that they would acknowledge that it's your peace that they want, that it's not a lack of conflict, a lack of struggle, it's not a want of more things, but it is the peace that you offer. And God, let us consider the fact this morning that your peace, the peace that our spirits need, will be found in our relationship with you being right and in our relationships with others in our lives being right. Guide us to that and help us find that peace that we're looking for this Christmas season. Thank you for Jesus Christ, for his coming, for all that you have given us through his visit to this earth, for all that he left for us to embrace and enjoy and experience. And pray this in Jesus' name, in his name, in the name of God incarnate, amen.